Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Spend my dollar. What you want, it's about what you're willing to do to get it. Run it again. Hello and welcome. I'm not going to, so quit asking. When you give me a hard time. For the listeners that didn't get to go. This is the payback. Alabama wins! What you did last year really doesn't matter. Our goal is to have the kind of team that nobody wants to play. Hi. Hello and welcome to a Mick Jagger edition of the Alabama Football Podcast. It has been said, and it is correct. You can't always get what you want. But thank God for Mississippi for providing the bounce back opponent that the Tide needed after losses this season. In fairness, Ole Miss provided a legit fight. But again, what the Tide needed. Not a cozy bedfellow, but an opponent not afraid to punch you in the mouth. An opponent demanding a respectful response against the very real threat of an embarrassing afternoon. In that light... Alabama's 30-24 win over Ole Miss offered lots to like while reminding us that there's much work still to be done. All right, let's take a look at offense just like we do, and we're going to start with Bryce again. I think it's a law. You have to. For me, Bryce played like a carton of Neapolitan ice cream. Uh, There were some good, but you just can't escape the strawberry. It's there, uh, and it sort of it sort of impacts the flavor of the chocolate and vanilla, right? You know, Bryce passed for only 209 yards, uh, not a big day. And there were, and perhaps are persisting questions about his accuracy on the day, as well as his arm strength, which I don't think is a talent. His accuracy and his arm strength are not talent related. They're injury related. This He appears to still, you know, not be healthy. However, he had three touchdowns, uh, three touchdown passes on the day, and they were some of the most brilliant passes you, I think you'll ever see. Uh, the RPO to uh, Jermaine Burton, remember him, Jermaine Burton, uh, to open up the scoring, uh, the Alabama scoring, uh, was phenomenal. Uh, the inside slant to Cameron Latou is just a beautiful concept design and execution. And then finding Ja'Cory Brooks in the back of the end zone uh, for the big touchdown, uh, again, was just another – uh, spectacular play. I uh, also enjoyed Bryce lighting fires uh, under asses on, on the sideline. Uh, Saban enjoyed it so much that he went over to roast some weenies himself, and the offense really seemed to play better uh, after that. Is, that. is that probably six weeks too late? Yeah, I'll say it is, uh, but it's what the team needed. Um, again, sort of sticking with that theme. The standard isn't to roll over and hope 
you know, that next year will just be easier, that people will take it easy on Alabama and let us win the title again. That's not what the standard is. The standard is to stand up, to step up, and play the next play and the next play and the next play and the next play. And Saban even said, going into half, the team wasn't concerned about the score. They didn't talk about the score. They talked about going out after half and playing the next play and playing the next play and letting the chips sort of fall where they may. And that's exactly what happened. Was it beautiful? No. Was it spectacular? In its way, in its own way, it really, really uh, was. It's a lesson, I think, for this team for the remaining three games of this season. And I think the demonstration of urgency is something that can roll over and rub off on the players that will be on next year's team. So is it a pivotal moment? Um, yeah, I think it was. I think it can be, and it still uh, and it still can be uh, into the future again this season, uh, as well as uh, for some of the younger players to realize we've got to plant our foot in the ground and pivot. We have the agency over the circumstance. Um, and, uh, and I think there's power that comes into that. So, uh, so that was a big moment. Let's talk about the wide receivers. Uh, we mentioned them. Uh, Jagori Brooks continues to emerge uh, again, uh, not to toot our horns, but uh, we called uh, earlier in the season that, that we thought he looked like he was going to be the guy. And uh, more and more he continues to be hit. He had four catches uh, on the day for 61 yards. Uh, and again, a very nice touchdown. He seems to rack up very nice touchdowns. Uh, he, he and uh, there's almost a, a symbiotic uh, when Bryce is, is uh, scrambling, Jacory knows where to go, and uh, he seems to be uh, a, a friendly target in that regard. Uh, Jermaine Burton, uh, we kidded, but uh, <laughs> we kid because it's true. Uh, where's he been? And so he had five catches for 50 yards and a touchdown, uh, which was very, very nice. Uh, I'd like to see more of him as we continue uh, these last couple of games. And Kendrick Law, I'm really excited about Kendrick Law, and I'm especially excited what Coach said uh, about Kendrick Law. Uh, Kendrick had uh, three catches for 26 yards, and so nothing truly spectacular about that. But here's a true freshman that is dinged, has been dinged up, and he continues to work hard. And he's a player that coach in the sort of the, hey, coach, uh, last Thursday, the Thursday before the game, you know, coach said, hey, this is a guy that's worked really, really hard, continues to work really, really hard, uh, would like to see him get more of an opportunity. Uh, and so, you know, wink, wink, nod, nod, right? Uh, so he does, right? Three catches, 26 yards. Again, it's not a breakout. It's not a sort of magical performance, but it is – uh, Kendrick maybe stepping up to that next level of opportunity that's uh, that has been afforded to him. And then the post game, I really enjoy Saban uh, commenting along the lines of not being surprised that Law uh, was going to step up when he was called upon. And I think there was something in his usage of the term called upon that resonated with me, probably is going to resonate with Alabama fans, and maybe a callback to players on the Alabama team last year that were called upon and they were not ready. And so Saban uh, specifically spoke to law putting in the work such that 
when it's time for him to be called upon, there's zero surprise that he's up to the challenge and he's ready to go. And I think that is a message. There's a nested sort of layered message, and it doesn't mean anything to the guys that have gone on and not had nearly any production. And I think combined, they've not had the production that Law had on Saturday that have moved on to, to other programs. But I think that's a message to the youngsters on the team. Get ready, stay ready, be ready because we're going to need you uh, at some point. And again, there's still games to be played and uh, there's still youngsters that will have an opportunity to shine uh, before the end of the season. So that's super exciting. Uh, hopefully there are others that are uh, sort of preparing themselves in much the same way. Uh, running back Jason McClellan, boy, he was ready when he was called upon. He had just a monster workhorse uh, performance day, uh, 19 carries, 84 yards, 4.4 carries. Again, nothing spectacular, nothing raised the roof, nothing, you know, strike a Heisman pose, and nothing about those numbers suggests that. But damn it, when the team needed something, Jace was there to deliver. And so, again, uh, that's exactly the type of performances. When we talk about the Alabama standard, we talk about – you know, we think of it in terms of blowing teams out, and that's fine, but it's the component parts in law, uh, practicing, preparing himself, overcoming injury, not taking the season uh, for himself. The team as a whole sort of rising up. Damn it, it's two losses. Our goals, our visions, we don't even know what this feels like, but just rise up and play this opponent. And Jace, coming back from knee injury, sort of lost in the shuffle, if you will, and at the running back position, Roy Dell was even getting uh, opportunities and reps ahead of him. And Jay said, I'm ready, coach. I'm ready when you're ready. And he took the baton and really, truly had a monster performance uh, on Saturday. Uh, Gibbs had uh, an ankle tweak, and so he was out. I feel bad for, for Gibbs. You know, I think this is not what he signed up for when he left Georgia Tech to come to Alabama. He thought that he was going to be an integral part and potentially helping the Tide win a national title. There, there were He was on a betting board for Heisman uh, opportunities because of his talent. He's not lost any of that talent. Uh, it's just a, the season's an enigma in a lot of ways. And uh, we'll roll forward. We've talked about coaching and play calling and stuff. We're not going to dive into that real deep. Uh, but I think, uh, boy, <laughs> Gibbs with Sark would have been something special. Or Lane or Loxley, or at any rate. Uh, offensive line, I think the offensive line just had a bad day. Uh, not just a bad day, they had a really bad day. And it's not just a bad day amongst of a bunch of good days. This is offensive line has just continued to struggle uh, all season. Just when we think it's it's going to turn a corner and get better and, you know, the line plays better with Seth or let's figure out the pressures at the A-gaps and, and we rotate some of the guards and we get actually to the starting line that we predicted uh, in, in the preseason, the line hasn't risen up and played uh, at, at a level that, that we would expect. Um, although, when Jace had his uh, couple of possessions where he was really uh, putting his yards uh, together, the offensive line seemed to relish playing with that physicality. Uh, the pulling, they, they, uh, Ekior had a, had a tremendous uh, pulling play where he knocked our uh, Otis Reese just flat on his ass. And, uh, and, and so the team seemed to relish that physicality, but it was filled with just subpar play and bonehead play. I'm a Seth uh, McLaughlin fanboy, as you've heard and listened here, but that snap on fourth down was just atrocious. 
uh, everyone in the world, no one in the stadium, you know, catch them on surprise, I guess, but catch our own guys on surprise, right? Uh, no one in the stadium expected that snap to happen. And it wasn't supposed to happen. It wasn't by design. It was, it was an error. And maybe the signaling, uh, you know, Bryce trying to line people up, and, and but again, it reeks of excuse making. In that situation, we're not snapping the ball, so don't snap the ball. And the ball is snapped. Uh, that leads to a turnover on downs, and uh, one of Ole Miss's touchdowns came off of that. So uh, lots of bad words, bad words, bad words is what comes to mind uh, on that play. I, I sort of tipped my hand, but when we think about uh, mini game balls on offense, I'm going to give two. Uh, so I'm going to give a split mini game ball. And I'm going to give one to uh, Emil Echior on uh, on a pull play. Uh, he's he's the right guard, so he pulled across to the left, knocked Otis Reese on his ass. Uh, it was a big run. It was a big gain uh, at that point in the game, and it was it was part of Alabama got the offense rolling in the in the running game rolling, and uh, Emil Echior was uh, certainly a part of that, and that was a big play. Uh, that many big game ball is easy to give. Because uh, I mean, CBS went back and showed that again, and it was just a phenomenal play, and it's and it's and it's worth the call out. Uh, I'm going to give my other mini game ball, and, and this was harder to see, uh, although you know it was evident there too. If if you kind of knew what you're looking for, uh, uh, Tyler Booker uh, was back in the game, and so he played. Uh, he didn't play last week, and that was never explained, and I don't understand. He didn't. Uh, he did not play. Uh, against LSU. He'd sort of been in the rotation at the offensive line. Uh, he did the rotation in the offensive line uh, against Tennessee at Tennessee. And so it's not a, a road game situation, big crowd where they take him out because he's a freshman with LSU. That doesn't hold water uh, considering where uh, that he had played in Knoxville. And so he didn't play, uh, but he was back this week on the road at Ole Miss. And so he was doing his rotation two off and then two at, at left and then two at right and then two out and then two back. Uh, and so he, he was back in that rotation again. At one point in the game, Ecuador went out with an injury, and it looked like it was going to be uh, more severe than that it ended up being. Uh, he was only out a play or two, but, uh, but he was out, was helped off the field. And so uh, Booker, who was in the game at the time, Booker transitioned from left guard to right guard, Cohen came in to play his left guard position. One or two plays later, Ecuador came back in, and so Ecuador was good enough that that we've got three starters at guard. And so mid drive, we put Ecuador back in, and then move Booker back to left guard, uh, and then Cohen goes out. And so in the course of like four different plays, maybe three plays, um, but at least four plays. Booker played, you know, left guard twice and and over at right guard, and so he sort of flipped flopped uh, twice on the same drive. That might be, if we try to interpolate that, that might tell us something about, you know, if you have three, you know, we have three guards, right? And so we have three starter quality guards. Okay, well, someone has to be the best, and then someone has to be the second best, and there's a lot of sort of tea leaves to read. Booker didn't play last week, and so that may say whether well, he's the third of the three, and so we play the other two. It could have meant that he was dinged up, that we never, you know, heard heard anything about, and the media that has an opportunity to ask such questions did not. Um, uh, but you could also look at it and say, well, Ecuador went out and could have just stayed out the rest of that drive, but they wanted to put him back in. That means they think he's certainly one of the better guards, and. Uh, 
and and Cohen is the one that came in and then went back out and they, they, they left Booker. And so they didn't just leave Cohen in. And, you know, it's like when musical chairs, right, there's two spots and the music changes. And so Echior came in. So someone's going to have to not play. And it was Cohen that was taken out in, in that moment. And so that may say, was he's the third of the three? I don't know. Something to maybe keep an eye on. Maybe a moot point here just after a couple more games. But um, I thought that was certainly something interesting to watch and uh, certainly many game ball worthy for the way that he sort of swapped around uh, across the, the offensive line. We've not seen that uh, in quite a while. And and frankly, you never really do want to see that. But he came in and if you didn't know, you wouldn't have known. And so I guess that's what you that's what you root for in that situation. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C., all right, let's flip the field and talk uh, defense. Boy, it felt like a bad rope-a-dope. You know, uh, let's let Judkins run until he's too tired to play, and then that'll be our advantage on defense. Uh, that's probably not fair, but gosh, it seems like it's not entirely wrong either. Uh, part of that was built on uh, Zach Evans uh, being concussed uh, on a turnover, and so he was out. He was not available to come back in, and Ole Miss is, is thin, they played the portal real heavy uh, last year. I think brought in 16 players, uh, most of them contributing, so they played it well. And then Judkins being uh, a true freshman, the workload uh, that he is under is significantly higher than what he's historically used to uh, being a freshman. And so I, he just fatigued, and, uh, you know, that happens. I don't. That wasn't our defensive strategy. I'm being a little uh, ridiculous. Uh, but gosh, it's, that's how it unfolded. That's how it happened. If uh, after his 35-yard run on that last possession, had he had the stamina to stay in and run the ball four, five, six more times, I think Ole Miss would have scored. He did not, and so that weapon was not available to them. Uh, they were forced to pass, and uh, our secondary really rose to the uh, occasion. They've been sort of much maligned uh, this season, but the secondary – is still really good, and there's still a significant am- amount of talent uh, in the secondary. And so they rose uh, to that occasion. So that's certainly something to to think about. I think when say, when when Lane Kiffin is so just distraught over this loss that that they could have and should have won the game from from their perspective, I think that's one of them. If they had another running back that could steal a couple snaps. Over the course of the games, so that their so that their power back Judkins was had some wind. If he were a sophomore and not a freshman, all of these are, are small things, but uh, they they could have potentially contributed to uh, a different outcome on Saturday. But the tide did 
again, what they needed to do and uh, walked away with the win. Think about the things that the Tide needed to win, and we've sort of alluded to some of these. Uh, the forced turnover uh, with two minutes to go in the half, and so it's almost halftime. Alabama forces a turnover, is able to score a touchdown, which gets it down to a three-point game. Uh, at that point, it's a two-score game. Uh, you score the touchdown there. It, it's a three. It, it's it's a three-point game, and you know coming out of half, or the Alabama knows coming out of half that they're going to get the ball back. So. You basically steal a possession. We've, we've talked about this before, right? You know, it sort of something that a lot of people don't notice that, that can happen is you can get bang-bang possessions at the end of half and coming out of half. And we've seen teams score, you know, two, two times there, sometimes 10 points, um, you know, sometimes two touchdowns. And so those that's like a, a cheap extra uh, possession. And with two minutes left to go in the half – and Ole Miss running the ball, they probably would have been happy just to run off the half, uh, but certainly maybe get down, score a field goal or something. But not, not turn over the ball and give it to Alabama to get that free sort of back-to-back possessions. And so that certainly worked out uh, for the Tide. Uh, there was, uh, you know, the Alabama defense really stood up and forced punts late in the third quarter, you know, breaking the Ole Miss serve. I call it breaking serve, right? And so you know, Alabama Alabama scores to get it within a score or scores to tie it, and Ole Miss gets the ball. So they, you know, the opponent has the ball with an opportunity to, to take the lead. And it sort of cycled through that way a couple times. Uh, late in the third quarter, Alabama was able to force Ole Miss to punt in that situation. Uh, there were a couple of possessions trading where really Alabama had, had you know, served kind of batted back and forth. Uh, but then finally Alabama was able to score. Uh, to take the lead so that Ole Miss, when they got the ball, they weren't playing necessarily to, to, to take the lead, but to, uh, they were playing from a, a position of being behind. And it, field goals, touchdowns, and all that stuff, you know, you can accomplish both those. But there's there's an element of breaking serve there. And so uh, when, you, when you take the possession away from the opponent where they can take the lead, now we can take the lead, that's an important thing. And so the Alabama defense there late in the third did that. And then three more possessions over the over the course of the the fourth quarter, all netted out in empty possessions uh, for Ole Miss, including the the final uh, possession where, thanks to the thirty five yard run uh, from Judkins, he just wasn't able to come back in. Ole Miss ended up with a first down on the Alabama fourteen. It's a six point game, and so you can see what could have happened there. Uh, they hit a pass back of the end zone, score a touchdown kick. Now they're up by one, and it's Alabama scrambling with with shards of, of time left uh, to maybe try to kick a long field goal to win it. And the defense said, nope, that's not how we're going to do it today. We're going to bend, but we're not going to break. And they made some, some phenomenal plays, you know, there at the end. Again, the theme of what we want versus what we need. We want to not give up a 35-yard rush on a second one, but what we needed was Byron Young to have his best day uh, of his career, I think, and then we needed Brian Brian Branch to tip that last pass in the end zone, and those are the things we got, and uh, again, that was phenomenal, exactly what we needed. I want to call out some individual players, and I had some mixed bag thoughts uh, as we run through these, but we did talk about Byron Young uh, across the defensive front, clearly I had certainly had his best day of the season. Uh, I think he had his best day of probably his career. Uh, he was in on 11 tackles. Uh, he had two sacks. 
two sacks Saturday against Ole Miss, uh, which match his sack total for all of uh, 2021. So that was nice. Uh, he had a big uh, pass deflection. Uh, you know, the, the the youngster from Laurel, Mississippi, just had a big day playing Ole Miss. And you take a lot of, uh, you know, you got to feel good for a kid in that in that situation. And certainly, uh, certainly we do. Uh, DeMarco Hellams uh, was in on 11 tackles. Uh, he, too, had a big day. Terry and Arnold, uh, he was in on 10 tackles. In fact, he had 10 tackles. Um, he didn't share those with anybody. But he persisted against adversity. Uh, when he came into the game, immediately he was identified as a mismatch opportunity, which that, I think, really goes into the coaching and prep that the Ole Miss staff had because there was no indication that Terry was going to play. And had Eli Ricks not gotten injured on the first play of the game, there's a chance that Terrian would not have played. And so uh, call it the bye week, call it season-long prep, call it whatever you want to. But then immediately when Terrian went in, uh, Ole Miss uh, knew that there was a potential mismatch opportunity. They went to it repeatedly. They had success at it, but Terrian kept battling and battling and battling. That's part of the reason he had 10 unassisted tackles uh, because they kept going to him. But Terrian also had two pass deflections and just ended up having a phenomenal day. Toa Toa is an enigma to me. Um, he will play at times just absolutely lights out, and he's everywhere, and he's making the tackles and making the plays and diagnosing, getting people lined up. And then there will be times where he will just be absent, and you can't find him uh, on the field. And then Saturday was a little bit of both. He was where he needed to be attempting to, to make plays, but, uh, you know, and especially on run fits, he would diagnose and he would be in position to, to make the run fit. But he seemed like he was about 20, 25 pounds light in the middle of that defense trying to make tackles. And uh, he would grab someone and hold on for help. Uh, it, I'm surprised that I think four, I think only four of his seven tackles were, were credited or, or four of his 11 sack uh, tackles were credited as solos. And I'm surprised he had that many solos, uh, to be honest with you. It seemed like every time he was grabbing someone, uh, he was in need of assistance. Again, I'd rather be someone there, someone plugging the hole, making the grab, as opposed to leaving the hole unattended. But it'd be nice to have a thumper uh, pushing back the runner. And we definitely could have used that a couple of times in short-yarded situations. But anyways, Toe Toe has been a little bit of an enigma uh, uh, for me. I, I guess it sort of it is what it is. Uh, Deontay Lawson uh, demonstrated for me why he is earning playing time. We talked about him as a potential platoon. He certainly lived up to and exceeded, I think, that potential. He made a, a tremendous play, batting away a ball, uh, linebacker in coverage. So you got to give him a, a little bit of credit there. And I, let me just say this out loud. Uh, you know, Deontay Lawson, guys, you know, meet the star of the defense uh, for 2023. I think he's he's really going to make a name for himself as he gets more and more uh, opportunity. Uh, Dallas Turner, I say, settle down, young man. Uh, man, be aggressive, but keep it within the confines uh, of what's legal, what's inappropriate. Uh, he got one flag on just the helmet rip off the head of, of uh, Jackson Dart. I think Turner knew, uh, you know, I just in the moment, um, shouldn't have done that. He had another uh, instance where he tackled the quarterback, and sort of shoved his head back in the ground. Looked like almost like the young, longest yard style, uh, prison yard football, slamming someone uh, back down. 
that could have, perhaps should have been uh, flagged. It wasn't. So call it another miss by the officials. Uh, there were a number on Saturday. We've seen a number on the season. Uh, we won't get into all that. Uh, but Dallas Turner, let's keep it between sort of the – let's keep it on the field and let's keep it sort of between the whistles uh, in an appropriate manner. And Jordan Battle, I love you, but get some stick them on those gloves and um, reel in that interception next time. Uh, mini game ball on defense. I've already said, you know, kind of what I have to say, but uh, mini game ball for Terry and Arnold. I love the persistence that he had. That is the Alabama standard, uh, that level of persistence, and hopefully that can uh, serve as a tremendous demonstration to uh, his fellow teammates. All right, special teams. There's not a whole lot I want to say about uh, special teams. Uh, Will Reichert was uh, three of three uh, with a long of 49. He had 12 points when you factor in the PATs. God bless Will Reichert on this team, uh, especially Saturday. Alabama needed every one of those 12 points. So great day by Will. Uh, Burnup, uh, I think he had a good day, uh, four for 44. Uh, or four averaging uh, 44. He had a long of 50, and he had one inside the 20. And for Grins, I went and looked at uh, the Ole Miss punter. Now, he had a bad day. Uh, he averaged 34 and had a long of 34. So his long was Burnup's average. And I'll say this, and you won't see uh, many people sort of call it out, and I'm not trying to call out an individual necessarily, but you talk about Lane's sort of frustration. If their punter had done what our punter did, Ole Miss might have won the game. And so about talk about the hidden yards and the subtleties, and Alabama got good field position a couple of times uh, on, the, on the back of a, a bad punt. And uh, I think if their guy had matched our guy just from a number standpoint, uh, Ole Miss might would have won the game. All right, next up, uh, Austin P comes to town. And I'm going to tell you what, if you enjoy the interviews that we do, we've got a really special one coming up this week. And so stay tuned for that. And uh, I'm going to put this out here. Uh, it's sort of uh, an unofficial, uh, call it meetup, uh, for the Alabama uh, football podcast uh, group. There's a – some of this has been – and I've alluded to it. Maybe I've talked to it. I don't know. But I've certainly alluded to it. Uh, something special come in with sort of the Zoom crew and sort of the support uh, uh, people that are part of sort of the support team. And um, that's this weekend. That's, uh, uh, that's Austin P. So there's a – uh, a group that has sort of been talking about this and talking around doing this for, for really the better part of a year. And uh, it's coming to fruition. We literally have people coming from, like I swear, uh, from all over the country uh, to come together to meet up in Tuscaloosa, go to the game together, uh, hang out for multiple days, uh, see the sights in Tuscaloosa, you know, drink bourbon around campfires, like just all sorts of good stuff. And, uh, and so, Join the support team, get on the Zoom calls, and and participate in that forum, and you'll have an opportunity uh, to do uh, you know do that next year because I assume this uh, very easily could be uh, something of an annual event. Uh, and then unofficially, that's official. Like we're, we're like that's for real. We're doing that, and you know next year you can join us. And all those sort of bells and whistles of, of how to do that are available present. And, uh, you know, hit me up on the email and, and we'll, we'll talk it through. Uh, unofficially, there are a number of other people that are not going and sort of staying and doing like the full thing. Uh, but they're also in town and, and they've, they've asked, hey, how, how do we sort of meet up and, and hang out and, and at least sort of, you know, have a drink and, and, uh, and chat and, 
all that stuff. So, uh, and so I'd say unofficially, uh, we are doing a, a meetup at Sessions, probably my favorite bar in Tuscaloosa. It's downtown, and we're meeting up right after the game. We have reservations. So if you're in uh, Tuscaloosa and you're a big fan of the podcast and you want to come, uh, uh, you know, have a drink, come on. And uh, we'll be at Sessions uh, after the game, so we'll look for us there. But uh, with that, uh, I think that's all I've got in terms of stuff we wanted to cover. This was an important win for Alabama. This is an important win for this team, the identity of this team. This team is not going to be the champion that we thought it was going to be, but uh, this team could have folded, and it didn't. It rose to the occasion, whatever sort of anxiety, however we want to talk about that. And I have sort of mixed thoughts on that. However we want to talk about that, this team embraced the challenge, and they rose to the occasion. And this is not like your father's Ole Miss team, or this is not your older brother's uh, Ole Miss team. This is a legit Ole Miss team. Over the course of the Saban era, the Saban sort of time frame, this team has beaten us twice, two years in a row. And uh, and has taken us has taken Alabama to the wire quite a number of times. Uh, two two years ago, last time in Oxford, just an incredible shootout uh, style game. This game was less of a shootout, but its outcome was in jeopardy for nearly the entire contest. Uh, we talk about another game where Alabama wins it in the closing seconds. This is this is this is it. This is uh, essentially on the final play. I mean, Alabama got the ball. There was enough seconds that we had to take a knee. But literally on the final play of, of play, the game was in question. And uh, this Ole Miss team gave Alabama everything they wanted. Had Alabama not come out ready to face the challenge, they would have gotten run out of the building. Uh, easily a two-touchdown uh, loss. It could have been had this team not come to play. And so I'm really proud of the heart this team demonstrated. It's too late for it to, you know what? It's not too late for it to mean something because every time they step on the field, it means something. And so to go out against uh, Austin P and then finish the regular season with Auburn, those two wins, this win against Ole Miss, uh, improve the caliber, the quality of bowl game that Alabama will go to, uh, which is a reward experience for the players. So these wins do mean something. And then that extra that extra uh, practice time, the later the bowl is, more sort of prep, um, I know it's 20 hours and all that, but in the program, part of the process, come on, you know what I'm saying. Um, it's a greater opportunity for the reward of those players, for, for those players, and uh, that additional practice time uh, I think will bode well for these youngsters. So these are meaningful games that Alabama has left. It's not the title that we were chasing, but it's the work that this team needs to, write, to raise itself to the standard uh, that Alabama is looking for and certainly Saban is looking for as well. All right. That's my mini rant to finish uh, the podcast. We appreciate every one of you for uh, tuning in and listening. Uh, I ask, please uh, go to your podcast uh, sort of source and uh, leave us a review. We like the five stars. That helps with uh, people finding us. Uh, subscribe. That helps with the rankings and, and all of that stuff and uh, help us sort of grow uh, what we're doing here. If indeed you enjoy it. And of course, if you want to uh, participate in, in sort of the insider group, I'm recording, I'm going to like, I'm recording this at it is 5:52 uh, Eastern uh, Sunday night. 
this probably, when we get it off to our awesome producer and 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 then I've, in my work week, I try to find time to get to, to, to post this back out. It might be Tuesday before this gets posted and you guys can can download it. It's going to the raw version w- with all my mistakes and all of that. It's going to be posted probably in the next 10 minutes. And so uh, you get you get access to everything that we, we record, the raw version of it. And, uh, and, and then plus, you know, the zoom calls are pretty phenomenal and, uh, and then we get to do cool stuff like meet up in Tuscaloosa and, uh, all that, uh, all that kind of good stuff. All right. Stop rambling on that. But if you're interested, please, please be interested. And if you're interested, please, please act on being interested, reach out, drop me an email, Alabama football, uh, podcast at gmail.com. And uh, we'll take care of all your questions and, uh, certainly go from there. All right, enough, enough, enough. With that, this has been, say it with me, another edition of the Alabama Football Podcast. Roll Tide. Thanks for listening to the Alabama Football Podcast. We love that you're tuned in and hope that you enjoyed the show. We encourage you to reach out and let us know what you like, where we can improve, or just to shout out a Roll Tide. We are where you are. iTunes, Facebook, Twitter, email newsletters, T-shirts, free roster downloads, And, of course, on the web at alabamafootballpodcast.com. Check us out where you'll find easy links to your favorite way to follow the Tide. Got that, Coach? Of course. Roll Tide. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.